What do you want me to do for you? Jesus, of course, asked that of the blind man. But he also asked someone that today. Right? God, in his providence, had today be a day that we have a baptism. And what is it that the liturgy calls us to ask the parents? The very first thing that we ask of the parents after they name their child is, what do you ask of God's church for Roman? They said, baptism. Bartimaeus said, Lord, that I may see. And really, we are asking for the same thing in both cases. Because baptism is the great illumination. It doesn't seem like it changes much for us, but it changes everything because it gives us access to be able to see with the eyes of faith. Right? When we see death, we see it differently than those who have not been baptized into Christ. We don't see death as a brick wall that is the end of our existence. No, we see it as a passage into life eternal. When we see suffering, we don't see it as something that absolutely has to be meaningless. No, we see it as something that God can use in order to perfect our character and bring us to be even better human beings. When we see people walking around, we don't see potential enemies or obstacles to our goals. We see brothers and sisters, albeit sometimes very annoying brothers and sisters, but brothers and sisters nonetheless. Baptism gives us sight, or it should at least give us a new way of seeing. But it's not automatic. It's not magic. It's something that opens the door that we still have to choose to walk through. So the question for us today as we reflect on Bartimaeus, as we witness a baptism is, am I walking in faith or no? Am I following Jesus along the way as Bartimaeus did, or am I still still sitting at the side of the way, just begging for what the world can give? Because Bartimaeus, in today's gospel, what's funny is that he's actually not named. He is somebody that is utterly dependent on others, even for his identity. Because do you know what Bartimaeus means? Son of Timaeus. Right? He doesn't even have a name in this gospel that is proper to himself, that doesn't have reference to another. We see, as Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. That by the roadside is very significant in the gospel of Mark, because the theme throughout the gospel of Mark is the way. That you are to be following Jesus along the way to salvation, which goes through the crucifixion. He is not able to follow along the way because he doesn't have vision. He's blind to even Jesus passing by. He doesn't know until somebody tells him, hey, salvation is near. He has to hear that it's Jesus because he can't see him passing by And there we have a connection. Very often we might feel like in our lives we're we're stagnant. We're not making much spiritual progress. It's like we come to church and that's great, I guess. And I try to pray and I try to live a good life. But, you know, I'm just kind of sitting here. 
And I'm not like on the way, on this journey, on this adventure of coming to know Christ better, coming to love him and other people better. I'm just kind of sitting there begging. And who am I begging? Not God. I'm begging for the world's attention, affection, all of the things that the world can give. I'm just sitting there at the roadside begging for spare change. That might be where we find ourselves. But on hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and said, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. That have pity on me in the Greek is Kyrie eleison. That's one of the places where we get it from and have been saying it in the Mass for 2,000 years. It's us echoing the cry of this blind man saying, I'm in his same position. I spend so much of my days just begging for the scraps that the world can give. But I'm tired of that. I've heard, Jesus, that you're here, and so I will cry out and I will say, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, I need you more than I need what the world can give me. We might not have been able to see him, maybe not for a long time. Maybe we've fallen into a certain level of spiritual blindness to where we can't see him in the people that surround us. We can't see him in the host. We desperately want to see Jesus, but we feel like we don't see God acting anywhere in our lives. And there we have a choice. Bartimaeus could have just been resentful and said, no, this Jesus guy, I'm not going to believe in him. Like, I'm blind. I'm a beggar. I'm just mad at God. But instead, he has hope. And he cries out and he says, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And then many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. How often is that what keeps us from crying out all the more? That the first time that we cry out, nothing happens. And then we're so scared that people say, yeah, where's your faith now? Yeah, you you asked for this big thing. You prayed for a healing after getting this diagnosis, and now we're at the funeral. You, You cried out to Jesus. He didn't answer. Why are you still crying out? Just be quiet. Just sit down. Just live your life like the rest of us. How many of us have family members or friends or coworkers that try to push down our faith like that? How often are we maybe the ones rebuking others for the faith that they have? Maybe we feel like they're going a little bit too radically into this, uh, this Catholicism thing. And so we say, like, tone it down a bit, okay? You're making us look bad. But there it's beautiful what these parents and godparents did today. Because you spoke on behalf of your child. Little Roman, he can't yet say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And so you said it for him. And then rather than rebuking his cries, you said, come to Jesus. He kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Persistence in prayer. Do we have it? Do do I persevere? And when the first time I didn't get an answer, do I just keep knocking and keep knocking and keep knocking? Very often, I give God a 15-second window within which to answer. It's like, oh God, I need this thing. I need some guidance. Okay, you're silent, so I'm just going to do it my way. But Bartimaeus keeps knocking, he keeps seeking, he persists and perseveres and keeps calling on the Lord, Son of David, have pity on me. And where the crowds on whom he was dependent, 
When they rebuked him, Jesus stopped and heard him. So this is the incredible thing. The very people that he might have been able to think, these are my lifeline. I depend on them entirely. If they don't give me their spare change, I'm done for. They didn't love him. Not the way that Jesus did. They wanted him to, you know, maybe maintain in the position in in which he was. But when he wanted something more, they said, sit down, shut up. Don't bother the man. He's on his way out. Jesus loved him more than the world did because he stopped and he said, call him. See, that's the interesting thing. Jesus directed the very people that had rebuked him to now change their tone and call him. There we see how he uses us to call one another. Even if we maybe have not been leading the people around us closer to Jesus, Jesus gives us the opportunity to convert, to become his instruments in calling people closer to him. And so the very people who said, sit down, shut up, are now able to say, Take courage. Get up. Jesus is calling you. That's what these parents and godparents are doing today. In bringing their child to be baptized, they're saying, My young son, take courage. Jesus is calling you. He's calling you to greatness. He's calling you to be his very son. This is an extraordinary moment. You've been his instruments in calling him to it. And we can all reflect. Are we instruments in telling people, take courage, get up, Jesus is calling you? Or do we instead say, let's stay where we're at, let's never talk about religion or anything like that, because I don't want to have a disagreement. I mean, I'll have a disagreement if it's about football or something like that, but let's not talk about things that we actually care about. And we just leave it at that. Oh. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, What do you want me to do for you? And there he asks that of us. Right? We already have said, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We've said it so many times. We came to church today. So we got up and we came to the presence of Jesus. And now he looks us square in the face. And just as truly as he asked these parents what they want for their child He looks at you and says, my dear child, what do you want me to do for you? And here we got to finally be honest. It's too often we're like, just give me a few seconds and I'll get my life in order and then I'll come to you. Instead of saying, God, I need you to get my life in order. We might think there are details of our lives that Jesus just wouldn't care about. Come on, he's holding the universe in existence. How is he going to care about uh, whether or not I'm getting along with my friend? He cares. And so today he asks you, what do you want me to do for you? And and, and we answer that at two levels. First, the personal level that I can't answer for you. You know what you're going through. You know what you need from the Lord. And I just encourage you to be bold. Take courage. Get up. Jesus is calling you. And so you can be honest with him about what you need. Be bold with him about that which you desire. Be persistent in asking for it. But then the second level at which we answer that question, we can all answer the same thing. And that is, Master, I want to see. I want to see the world as you see it, Jesus. I want to see through the eyes of faith and not just my cloudy vision of 
what I can see without your illumination. Because I, I don't see all that's going on. I only see a tiny little fragment of this person that's in front of me. And I might judge them based on that fragment and, and, and want them completely out of my life. I might condemn them right off the bat because I can't see them as Jesus sees them. And so the question for all of us is, are we willing to see the world through the eyes of Jesus? To see in every person his divine reflection. To see in every, every single situation an opportunity for growth and holiness. Do we see God working in our lives? If we don't, then we have to ask for that vision today. Jesus told him, go your way, your faith has saved you. See, that's incredible. Jesus doesn't say, I did this thing for you, so now you are contractually obligated, you got to follow me. No, instead he says, go your way. It's incredible. Most of us would say, like, look, I did this thing for you. Now you gotta, you got to serve me for a little while, okay? Like, for the gift of vision, let's say two years. you got to do my laundry. But Jesus instead gives him freedom. He says, go your way. Your faith has saved you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. So in freedom, having been given the freedom to choose to go anywhere in the world, he says, I don't want to go anywhere but where you are. And that's the choice we have. Right? God is offering us the vision of seeing through the eyes of faith. We, in various ways, are probably sitting by the roadside saying, God, I'm just begging for the world's affection and attention and all the rest. But we've had the courage to come here today. We've had the courage to say, Lord, have pity on me. We've had the courage now to reflect in our hearts on what we ask of the Lord, the little details of our lives, but then above all, that we may see our lives through the eyes of faith. Now our choice is, with that newfound vision, do we go back to sitting at the roadside begging? Or do we get up? and follow Jesus anew.